This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Angels. Do you believe in angels? Most Latter-day Saints do. Those of other Christian denominations also often believe in angels. For Latter-day Saints, it would be difficult not to believe in angels. Joseph Smith said that the angel Moroni came to him and told him where to find golden plates from whence he translated the Book of Mormon. So the existence of the Book of Mormon is tied to belief in an angel. Doctrine and Covenants 128 verse 21 describes Moroni, Raphael, John the Baptist, Peter, James, and John, and others as angels. A 2002 study based on interviews in the United States and Europe found that many people believe in angels. As a matter of fact, many people, over half, said that they had had some kind of an experience with angels. One typical kind of experience is some kind of direction on what to do or a way to be saved from an impending calamity. In 2008, there was a survey done by Baylor University's Institute for Studies of Religion. It was published in Time magazine. It polled 1,700 respondents, which is a large number. And it found that 55% of Americans, including, and this was fascinating, one in five who say they aren't even religious, believe that they have been protected by a guardian angel during their life. The very first uh, producer that I ever had when I was on the radio was a man who was not particularly religious, but believed that he had a guardian angel who had saved him a number of times. David Coleman was a dear friend who since passed on. There was an August 2007 Pew Research poll that found that 68% of Americans believe that angels and demons are active in the world. And according to four different polls conducted in 2009, more people in the United States believe in angels. That would be 55% according to those polls. Than who believe in climate change or global warming, which was... 36%. I find that quite fascinating. According to a Gallup youth survey, this goes back a ways, back to 1994, 76% of teenagers aged 13 to 17 believed in some kind of angel. So what are angels? They have different uh, positions and they are different beings according to different religious traditions. An angel generically can be any messenger from God. They can be a supernatural being or 
the spirit of a deceased person. Many people describe as an angel their parent or sibling or grandparent or some other relative who has passed away, who's come back to give them guidance. In Judaism and Christianity, angels are often depicted as servants of God or heavenly beings who act as intermediaries between heaven and earth. The Hebrew and Greek words that have come to us as meaning angels or or as the word angel originally meant simply messenger, and depending on the context, referred to a human messenger or some kind of supernatural being. The Greek word that I'm referring to, the one that shows up in the New Testament writing since the New Testament was originally written in Greek, is the Greek word angelos, which simply means messenger. Hebrew words that mean angel or are translated into angel are Malak, Yahweh, which would mean Jehovah's messenger. Malachi, the book of Malachi, is about a message from someone seen as God's messenger. It's also fascinating that when we see in the King James Bible in particular, but in a few other translations as well, the phrase, angel of the Lord. It's probably not a great translation because often, usually, that refers to the Lord, Yahweh, or Jehovah himself coming with a message. And so the angel of the Lord in many biblical passages refers to the Lord himself. Let's talk a little bit more about where the word angel comes from. Uh, The English word originally came from the Greek angelos. It came through French and English, which had similar words, and today we find it in English. We have a number of Jewish words. There is a wide variety of Jewish words that come to us and all mean, in one form or another, angel. Malak, Elohim, means messenger of Elohim, messenger of God. Malak, Yahweh, means messenger of Jehovah, and so on. There are a number of references in the Bible to um, specific angels. This first happens in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 21, he refers to Gabriel, God's primary messenger. He refers to him by name. And he refers to Michael as an angel, Michael means God's holy fighter in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. These two major angels are part of Daniel's apocalyptic visions and very, very important to his messages 
Philo of Alexandria identifies the angel with the Logos, or the Word of God, as far as the angel is the immaterial voice of God. The angel is something different than God himself, but is conceived of as God's instrument in early Christianity, which to me is kind of fascinating. The medieval Jewish philosopher Maimonides explained his view of angels in his fascinating work, Guide for the Perplexed, (laughs) in... um, Chapter 11, verse 4, and chapter 11, verse 6, we, we read this, quote, God does not do things by direct contact. God works by means of intellects. The angels which are near to him emanate from God and are the intermediaries between God and all here in this world. Close quote. So, What are we to learn here? We are to learn from Maimonides that there are all kinds of angels who act as intermediaries. Now, according to some, the angel of the Lord who stopped Abraham was the Lord himself. According to Maimonides, it would have been someone acting as an intermediary between the Lord and Abraham, but talking as if he were the Lord. Similar kinds of uh, different ways that people view Lot and his um, event with Sodom and, and Gomorrah. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you are interested in going on a cruise with me to learn about lands of the Book of Mormon, give Cruise Lady Tours a call. Cruise Lady Latter-day Adventures and Tours. 801-453-9444-801-453-9444. This will be a cruise that departs in April. It's a princess cruise. It'll be absolutely first rate. I'll be your tour guide. It'll be really fun. An exceptional cruise leaving from Florida going through the Panama Canal, seeing various places in Central America and also in Southern Mexico associated with the Book of Mormon. We'll also learn many other things about church history and doctrine. If you're interested in more information, uh, no hard sell, just find out more details, see if it's right for you. Give them a call, 801-453-9444, or go to cruiselady.com. Or if you would like to be in touch with me, send me an email, martinstanner at gmail.com. I'll be happy to give you more information about the upcoming cruise or answer any questions you might have about this program or any other. Again, martinstanneret, gmail.com. When we took our break, we were talking about some of the famous incidents in which angels appear. 
Lot would be a big example. Abraham and his uh, sacrifice of, of his son, which was stopped, some say by the Lord, some say by an angel. There are a number of other prominent angels, famous angels, in the Judeo-Christian tradition. Michael, and by the way, the E-L on the end of the name Michael is L, E-L, meaning God. Michael translates as who is like God. He performs acts of justice and power from God. Gabriel, the L on the end again, means God. The strength of God. Gabriel has the strength of God and performs God's kindnesses, his his kind acts. Raphael, again, the E-L on the end means deity, means God. Raphael is the healing angel mentioned in Doctrine and Covenants 128, verse 21, and associated with healings that happened in the Nauvoo Temple. Uriel, God is my light, leads people to their good and true destiny. Samael, Translation means severity of God, means that God can be severe at times. And then we have a different angel that does not end with an L, the angel of death, Hamavet. We also have the angel Sandalphon, meaning bringing together. He battles sometimes Samael and brings humankind together. There is another god that might surprise you a little bit, Satan. He is seen in many contexts as an angel. In what context might you say? Well, he's involved in tricking people and causing people to sin. And it was believed in the earliest days of Christianity and Judaism that Satan would eventually come back before God and tell God about people's sins when they were coming before God. Metatron is an angel. His name means keeper of the watch or guardian. He's someone who was traditionally, according to uh, Jewish tradition, a guardian of God's throne. There are a number of different kinds or degrees of angels in Jewish thought and literature. Malachim would be the messengers, a generic word for God. Seraphim, meaning the burning ones, meaning they were bright and glorious. They sing praises to God. The cherubim are mighty ones, and also they transport. They are described often as the chariot of God, bringing people to heaven. There is the Ophanim, the arbiters who arbitrate between God and others. There is a fascinating one, the destroying angel, who kills the enemies of the Israelites in the Bible. In 2 Samuel twenty four fifteen, the destroying angel 
kills the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And in First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 15, he is seen by David to stand between the earth and heaven with a drawn sword. Later in 2 Kings 19, verse 35, he kills 185 men of Sennacherib's Assyrian army, thereby saving Hezekiah's Jerusalem. Fascinating that the destroying angel or angel of destruction and death can be a good angel. And then, of course, you mentioned that the phrase angel of the Lord can mean the Lord himself and often does. When the Lord is a messenger, he's described as angelos, meaning messenger. The Lord messenger doesn't translate into English well. So by the fourth century, there were a number of different ways that angels had been depicted and described. Angels originally in artwork and elsewhere were described as looking like men, like male human beings. Uh, Their names often also tend to be masculine. They don't know everything as you could figure out by reading Matthew 24, verse 36, but they do know a lot of things. And it, it, we ought to get into one other thing here before we run out of time. One, one of the most fascinating questions that comes up often is, what's the deal with angels and wings? Do angels really have wings? Well, it turns out that... Sometimes, if angels, in some Bible translations, angels are said to have wings, but that really is just a mistranslation. Angels are never depicted with wings in the 3rd century and before. Now, apparently, towards the end of the 3rd century, the beginning of the 4th century, angels began to be depicted with wings because then they were instantly identifiable as angels. A little bit like putting a halo in a painting around somebody. It's not that St. Peter or St. Paul actually ran around with glowing halos, but putting the halo in the painting or the depiction showed that they were good, honorable, heavenly men. And it's the same with angels. Giving them wings in paintings showed that they were messengers from God. They didn't actually have wings, but they were described as having wings so that they could instantly be recognized. Here's, here's an example. Um, St. John Chrysostom said this, quote, Angels manifest a nature's sublimity. That is why Gabriel is represented with wings. Not that angels actually have wings, but that you may know that they dwell in heaven with God. Accordingly, the wings attributed to these powers have no other meaning than to indicate the sublimity of their nature. Close quote. He's saying angels don't actually have wings. I hope you've enjoyed this program. I'm Martin Tanner, your host. Join me again for Religion Today.